0: So any of you who have heard me complaining about the state of our society of late will have probably heard me say something along the lines of, uh, of lamenting the fact that our society doesn't seem to know what to do with those who whom it is absolutely convinced is wrong. And to me, it seems like the, one of the, the key um, attributes of a society that, um, that, that is truly tolerant is that it will actually give space for those who are wrong and i think as i've been thinking about it just in the last little while um realize i've realized one of the one of the reasons that frustrates me so much i think is that as christians we kind of have about i don't know two thousand years of experience with this uh today's gospel and epistle reading are both about evangelism and what is Evangelism, other than going to, uh, going up to somebody and saying, <laughs> by the way, buddy, you're wrong. It's kind of an awkward thing to do. Uh, and we're not necessarily very good at it. Uh, one of the ways that in which Christians have, uh, actually got themselves a, a kind of a bad rap over the last, of, over the last little while is precisely some, you know, some ways of going about evangelism that are less than ideal we haven't been going around holding people at sword points uh, recently which is which is probably good uh, uh, but you know there's other ways that you can go about this that are that are not necessarily the right way to do it and so and I, I can't help every time that we get to this amazing story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman to talk about how it is that we need to do evangelism because that 's essentially what our lord is do, is, is is teaching or is doing here he is. Uh, engaging in uh, in in telling this woman that she's wrong, but I think it's 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 good for us to meditate on this and to and to kind of dive into it and, and look at how exactly Jesus does this. Now there is kind of one caveat here, of course, that um, we're not Jesus. <laughs> we we don't have necessarily the same uh, amazing divine insight that he has uh in this in this interaction here but i think if we look at how our lord goes about this we can glean some general principles uh on the subject that i think are 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 going to be useful so jesus is coming down as he's he's uh traveling down uh to um uh well actually sorry up from judea to galilee uh but he needs to go to go through samaria and of course Uh, historical background here, the Samaritans and the Jews absolutely hated one another. So much so that very often the Jews would, if they had to travel from Galilee down to uh, Judea or from Judea up to Galilee, uh, would actually go around Samaria, uh, even though it added a very long distance to the journey. Samaria is right in between them. And if you want to go the direct route, you kind of have to go through there. The reason the Jews hated the Samaritans is because they were, well, Half-breeds and heretics, essentially, <laughs> they, they they were the people that had been transplanted into the area of the kingdom of Israel uh, by the conquering Assyrians. I think it was the Assyrians, uh, and and they um and they, they, they had when they had come in, they they were mostly foreigners. There were still some Jews around at, 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 uh, um, there, and and but they were mostly foreigners. And the, it, the land had been kind of waste uh, wasteland for a while and there were lots of wild beasts. And so they they kind of thought in their kind of semi-pagan way, uh, well, actually, I actually guess their pagan way at that point, <laughs> uh, that they didn't really know the God of this land and they needed to kind of know him because that's why there were all these lions coming in, wild beasts kind of uh, who were devouring them. And so they, they r- r- managed to corral some um, uh, Israelite priest and he taught them uh, about the God of the land, but they didn't necessarily get it exactly entirely. I mean they weren't really children of Abraham, uh, well, maybe they were kind of sort of but but uh, they, they they didn't have that same connection and and they didn't uh, go down to Jerusalem to worship uh, in fact they they created their own temple the that the, the, on Mount Gerizim. Uh, and that's where they worshipped God. They they also didn't they accepted the Mosaic Law, but they didn't accept the the any any of the other uh, writings that that the rest of the that the Jews accepted. So they were like, yeah, you kind of you guys kind of sort of have it, but not really. And and there was bad blood between them because of the Jews at one point even went out and destroyed the temple on Mount Gerizim. Uh, so you know this is not the sort of thing that makes for good relations. Uh, and Jesus, this is this is the uh, the the, the uh, environment into which Jesus is going to just just get home to Galilee. And so he 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 comes to a city uh, called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. Uh, so Jesus uh, is right there at the well of Jacob that Jacob dug. Kind of cool. Um, and, and Jesus was tired. And I love that. I mean, here he is, the son of God, God incarnate, and he's tired. And so his, his disciples, uh, it's, a, it's about the sixth hour, so it's, it's, it's hot, it's, it's noon essentially. And his disciples go into the, the, the town to, to see if they can get some food and leave Jesus there by the well. Well, along comes a woman. To draw water from the well. This is a bit weird. She's coming by herself, and she's coming in the heat of the day. Uh, so there's something wrong here. Uh, and and she comes up to the well and she's drawing her water. And Jesus, instead of just ignoring her politely, as you know we usually do when there's something weird going on, uh, uh, he actually he actually engages with her and he asks her for a drink. And so, um the um the woman is kind of taken aback she's not expecting him she's expecting him to ignore her essentially and so so instead of giving him a drink she says how is it that you being a jew ask a drink from me a samaritan woman for jews have no dealings with the samaritans right so we we know that um and jesus answer answers her and says if you knew the gift of god and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water so (laughs) interesting right away he starts out with kind of a fundamental truth of christianity uh but stated in a way that is well relevant to the circumstance the time the situation uh and and not and and it's kind of open-ended it doesn't. It doesn't like just say, okay, uh, have you heard of the four spiritual laws, kind of thing. Uh, it's, 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 which I suppose is somewhat open-ended, but the answer is just basically no for most people. Uh, um, he, he, he's. It's something that is relevant to the situation, relevant to the conversation, and the woman says to him, and I love this because. Uh, she does exactly what his disciples do just a little while later. And what, what their people are always doing, especially in John's gospel, they take Jesus' liter- words literally. It's like, uh, you don't have anything to draw water with. And this well is deep. Where are you gonna get this water? Um, and, and then she, I love this bit too. Are, are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock. These are actually fighting words right here. This is, this is really political and like religion's all wrapped up in it as well. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Our father Jacob, that's a Jew, he's got natural words. Like, wait, wait, your father Jacob? No, no, sorry. He's our father Jacob and this is our well. And this could totally have generated into a a massive political and religious argument right at this point. But it doesn't. Because Jesus completely ignores that part (laughs) for now. Um, And deals with the important thing. What is at issue? The truth, the deepest truth, the, the deep truth that he himself has introduced into the conversation. He says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. And again, I I love the woman's response. It's just totally, still totally on the level of the literal, right? Uh, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. It's very inconvenient to come here in the the middle of the day. uh, And it would be great to just have a source of water that I never have to, like, sounds good to me. Uh, I'd like that. Um, and again, in, 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 instead of, you know, correcting her and saying, well, you, you've misunderstood me. This is, that's not what I was talking about. Jesus, again, shifts gears and now addresses the reason she's there at the well, at in the heat of the day, by herself. But he, again, he doesn't, address it totally directly he says go call your husband and come here and the woman says oh i have no husband and jesus says well, you're absolutely right to say that you have had five husbands and the one you have now the man you have now is not your husband and this you spoke truly <laughs> and uh uh so here's where you know He's God, and we're not. We don't necessarily. We're not necessarily going to have this level of insight. But I think what we can see here is that he's interested in her, in her struggles, in her situation in life, uh, and and he wants her. Well, he he loves her. He wants her to deal with this problem that she has, and and. And so, instead of just ignoring it, ignoring this uncomfortable reality he he dives in and says, "Well, you know, go call your husband um and then, when she tries to wiggle her, weasel her way out of it, he doesn't let her he 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 says, "You know well, but again, really interesting here, he seizes on the one bit of truth that she says and commends her for it. It's like well, yeah, actually, he isn't your husband. <laughs> You've had five, and the one you are with now is not your husband. So, yep, yeah, in this you spoke truly. At which point, the woman is like totally, like, not unnaturally, totally blown away. <laughs> and she's like, wow, uh, sir, I, I perceive that you are a prophet. Uh, and because uh, only a prophet could know this. Again, this is not something. This is probably not an advantage most of us will have, uh, but I think you know if we if we do take an interest in the person as the person, for the sake of who they are, and if we focus not on what they get wrong but on what they get right, and also don't un- avoid uncomfortable truths, but actually engage with them in a way that is compassionate and loving, you know, not not condemning and and you don't get any sense of that from our Lord's words here. Uh, anyhow, so she, she, says, I, she gets it, she, he's a prophet or something like that. Um, and, and of course, immediately then she shifts from the political to the religious. But, intre- but I wonder here, and obviously I, I, we can't actually know for certain, but I wonder here whether at this point she's, she's heard enough from Jesus to realize he's somebody trustworthy. Because it's interesting what she brings up. She brings up the whole question of where do we worship, which is again one of those dividing points. And again, it could totally have gotten derailed here, but it doesn't because it's Jesus talking. <laughs> um, but 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 uh, but she brings it up in a way that seems almost—and this is just me speculating here—but it, it seems almost like maybe she's really interested in his answer. Like he's a prophet; he should know. He obviously has some some inside track with God, so he should know about the proper answer to this and so she says our father worshipped on this mountain mount gerizim and your jews say that in jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship uh, and jesus response is again fascinating uh he i mean again it could totally have degenerated into here here's all the reasons why we should totally worship in jerusalem and here's all the reasons why you're wrong uh but no he actually moves it toward in the direction of something where she's actually kind of right woman believe me the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in jerusalem worship the father and he also doesn't just let her get get her off the hook Um, you worship what you do not know we know what we worship for salvation is of the jews but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth so he again shifts he he doesn't let her get away with it if you will he's like you know salvation is of the jews we know what we're worshiping, talking about you guys don't uh but he he shifts it in, in the, the whole notion of worship in a direction that she can connect with, that she can understand, and that is actually where where, where what she understands and believes is in the best possible uh, is, is seen in the best possible light. Uh, the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the father is seeking such to worship him. The woman said to him. I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. So the Samaritans, like the Jews, are expecting the Messiah. And Jesus says to her simply, I who speak to you am He." At this point, the disciples come back. And they're kind of shocked and surprised to see that Jesus is talking to this woman, this Samaritan woman even. Um, But (laughs) they don't ask. They do the typical human thing of let's just ignore this awkward and strange situation <laughs> and uh um and the woman leaves and uh, left her water pot and goes back into the city uh and and she says to, she says to everybody that she meets come see a man who told me all things that i ever did could this be the christ and then they went out of the city to come to him in the meantime his disciples are there and they say rabbi teacher eat but he says to them I have food to eat of which you do not know. And then the disciples said to one another, "What? Somebody brought him something to eat while we're gone?" (laughs) Of course, on the on the literal level, right? Um, And Jesus answers and clarifies to them, uh, just as he did to the Samaritan woman, "My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you." lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white, with, white for harvest. And I can, I, I can just imagine at this point that the disciples lift up their eyes, look at the fields and see this whole crowd of people coming towards them. All the Samaritans in the village who the woman has said, come, come, let's see, let's see, see this guy are coming across the fields at that point. They're the harvest. They can't help but get the message. Um, and then Jesus continues to, to teach. He teaches the Samaritans as they come, uh, and, and he actually stays with them a couple of days. And, and then finally, because, because they want him to, <laughs> uh, which is again fascinating. You know, here's somebody who's a Jew just by being with him the people wanted him to stay wanted him to stay with them and, and be with them and continue to talk to them about this amazing stuff that he was that that he that he he was obviously so knowledgeable about and so excited about um and and uh, and and then after that they, many more believed because of Jesus own word what Jesus had said and then they said to the woman now we believe not because of what you said for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the christ the savior of the world christianity is fundamentally experiential uh, we as we hear the word of god and engage with the word of god we understand that it is the word of god and that it is true uh, and and so this is why the, the classic orthodox method of evangelism is sometimes characterized as come and see you know like like um i think it was uh was it philip said to nathaniel yeah uh you know um who who's who's skeptical <laughs> can't think come out of nazareth uh uh when, when when philip says to him that this is the, this, this might be the messiah and it's fascinating too they're there as well as the woman it's like could this be the messiah one of the things we have to keep in mind in as we are speaking to people, especially speaking to people about things that we love and care about so much like this, uh, is that coming to a realization of the truth takes time. People are not unnaturally going to be skeptical. Why wouldn't they be? Everybody's claiming to have the truth. And here's here's somebody coming along who is telling them something or engaging with they, with them, and 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 it's it, something unsettling, something they haven't really considered before, and it takes time. I mean, and if you think about it, the whole Christian understanding of time is that we are currently living in a time that is granted to us by the mercy of God. God has already come, but He came. As one of us, he came in humility. He came to demonstrate to his, us his love through his death on the cross and, and, and to unite us to himself by his resurrection. Uh, so yes, the, God has already come, but he came in mercy. And yeah, we understand that he's coming again and that he will come again in power to judge the entire world, to f- actually finally make everything right again. But he hasn't done that yet. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, he's obviously never coming. Uh, why, why does he delay? Why does he tarry? Many of us would really like him to come and straighten things up right now. And the reason is he knows it takes time. We need time to actually absorb this. We need time to, to understand this and to get it right and to figure it out for ourselves and to figure it out experientially. And he gives us this time. He is loving, he is merciful. And he spends time with us. He spent two days with the Samaritans, just telling them all about it. And they experienced it. And that experience was what finally convinced them, this is the Christ, the Messiah, the one who God has sent. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solemn and serious responsibility and business to be a Christian. Not all of us have the gift of evangelism, but all of us have the experience of Jesus. All of us have experienced the reality of and the truth of his teaching. And so if we are living that, then our conversation should, as our Lord has said, always be kind of seasoned with salt. Not necessarily salty in the modern uh, parlance but 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 actually tasty, interesting, uh, something that that people enjoy uh, that something that brings out the flavor of whatever the conversation is at that moment in time uh, and and if we do that if we're, if we're truly and genuinely excited about our experience of Christ, then exactly what we heard about in the epistle reading will also happen up in Antioch they flee there and and you know they just keep talking about Jesus and some of the uh, Gentile Hellenic Jews become Christians and so that Barnabas has to go and and help them and and then he brings Saul, uh, Saul in uh, later Paul uh uh to 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 help as well um I think that's how it works mostly is through relationship through caring about people through wanting to know what people's problems are, not simply ignoring them and engaging with them in love without condemnation. And and as we do this, then as, as we follow our Lord's example and just actually care about people and care about the truth, then, you know, it will take time, but people will come because they recognize the presence of Christ in our midst. For him will be glory for the Father and the Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages.